Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we talk to Sarah Gilliland from Sarah in the Suburbs about her recent trip to Disney World in September. Find out episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Decipher. If you're looking to plan a trip either this year or next to Disney World, let me be your travel agent at no cost to you. You can contact me, Joseph Chung, at travelmation.net. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So the parks have been open for a while, and in late August, early September, we recorded some episodes about what things were like in the park, and we did a couple episodes just talking to people who had visited the parks. But times, they are a-changing. The crowds have been growing, but we thought we would bring on someone who has visited the parks more recently just to get an update on what's been going on, although uh, she was there in September, so... Even that might be outdated, but we're still super excited to talk about her trip. So Sarah from Sarah in the Suburbs, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me, Leslie and Joe. I appreciate it. So why don't we start by just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Tell us about your blog. Tell us where people can find you. Let's get all this connecting with you stuff out of the way. And then tell us uh, about your family and how you ended up taking this trip. Well, the trip part will be very easy, but I'll start with the introductories. Um, I'm Sarah, obviously from Sarah in the Suburbs, like you said. That is my blog. I'm Sarah in the Suburbs on most social media, but I am Sarah Gilliland on Twitter, my first and last name, just because Sarah in the Suburbs is too long for a Twitter handle. (laughs) I have three kids, two nine-year-old girls. They are twins and a one-year-old little boy. I've been married to my sweet husband for almost... 11 and a half years, I guess this, I don't know. I feel like 2020 has made me forget what time it is. (laughs) So it's been a while. We live in the suburbs of Birmingham, Alabama, and we frequent Disney World more often than Disneyland. Although lately, the last few years, we've, I've been to Disneyland twice, and then I've gone once with my family. So we are big Disney files, Disney nerds. however you want to call us, (laughs) whatever the name is this week for people who love Disney. Um, Disney crazy people like us. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. (laughs) Very passionate people about Disney. I'll say that so that, because I feel like adults who love Disney get a bad rap. Well, we have children, so that's an excuse now. That's right. That's right. We won't tell them that I, my first trip with my husband was um, our first anniversary. I won't say that. (laughs) <laughs> well, I just love having you on because I love having a fellow Alabamian, and so I, my southern my southern accent's going to come back, guys. So my my roots um, are definitely going to show. So I'm excited to to have you here to talk about. And, and I know your Disney bona fides are strong because we have been at both Disney coasts together on different yes. trips. <laughs> yes. So, but we want to hear all about your your Disney World most recent trip. Mm-hmm. So you went when exactly? Okay, so we went, I uh, believe the exact date was September 16th through the 20th, or maybe 15th through the 20th. And you, either way, it was six days, five nights. My kids at the time were doing hybrid schooling, which meant in our area they were in the school building for two days and at home doing online schooling for three days. And we just thought, 
you know what? We can do this online schooling business anywhere we want to. So why not do it at Disney World? Because we really wanted to take advantage of, they were offering, they never, Disney has never, that I'm aware of, offered a discount for people in the states that are surrounding Florida. I think it was uh, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, the Carolinas, maybe even all the way over to Louisiana. Yeah, it ended at Texas, I think, or ends at Texas. It's still going on right now. So yeah, Texas, yeah. Texas is out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> Texas is a little far. It's quite a drive. I mean, it's a nine hour drive from Birmingham and we chose to drive just because we're not quite ready to make the leap to airlines yet. Not to say that the airlines aren't doing a good job. I've seen people who do need to fly for work um, talk about, you know, there have been good and bad instances of social distancing and mask wearing and all that kind of stuff. We just... You know, we have a one-year-old and you can't put a mask. Well, you, I guess you could try to put a mask on a one-year-old, but I'll let you see how long that lasts. <laughs> um, so we just decided to drive. And also, and I'm, this is a little bit of a, an aside, but this is a personal opinion. Everybody is all about the Magical Express at Walt Disney World. There's not really anything like that at Disneyland. You kind of have to figure out, are you going to Uber? Are you going to take a bus? Are you going to take a super shuttle? But at Walt Disney World, if you land at Orlando International, they have a Magical Express bus, which is a service that is included for people who are staying on Disney property. And we have done that several times and we've also driven several times. And as much as I like the convenience of not having to keep up with my car or my stuff when I'm taking Disney transportation, there is something to be said about having your own car, especially when you have an infant. And I have forgotten that because my girls, like I said earlier, are nine. So we haven't really, you know, they're a little more self-sufficient. They can get themselves on and off of transportation. We don't do the stroller with them anymore. And now I have all of the baby gear again. And I'm like, oh, it's really nice to have a car that you can just like chunk your stroller into the back of and and drive off. You don't have to fold it up and then hold the baby and hold the stroller while you're on the bus or anything like that. So that was another deciding factor for us was like, we're going to have to take all this baby gear. So let's just drive instead of fly. I mean, I think that's a great point. When our kids were getting older, we kind of started moving more towards Magical Express and using Disney transportation again. But even outside of any pandemic related considerations, you know, once we had a younger child again, once we had a baby again, you know, ours is a little older than yours. She's turning three next week, but it's a great point with like all the stroller stuff and like just being able to have a car, being able to leave at your own time. Like when, when the baby says it's time to go, yes, uh, having that ability to go, <laughs> you know, I think it's a great reason to have a car. Now this is another aside, but I'm like super curious. So your kids, it was the remote portion of their week. Did they have to like do synchronous stuff? Did they have to like be in class? Like, did you have to have them actually log in while they were at Disney or at the hotel? Or, you know, was it like they had work to do, but they could do it at their own time? So we were very fortunate that our school district figured out very early on in this pandemic at the end of last year for them. So like when everything went down and schools closed in March, they tried at the beginning to have the kids come on at a certain time and participate live and things like that. And it was a train wreck, as I'm sure many of you have seen in the viral videos on 
social media and the Today Show and things where the teacher gets cut out and the kids are like, where did she go? You know, and then <laughs> they start having audio, show and <laughs> This is an audio podcast, but we're vigorously nodding right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They start having show and tell about all the, you know, things that they've done waiting on their teacher to come back. Well, my girls are a little older, so they, you know, it wasn't like that, but it was still kind of disastrous because you've got all kinds of children that have all kinds of needs and that also maybe you have somebody whose parent is working and so they're not keeping a great eye on their kids. So their kids just like up and down, up and down. And anyway, long story short, it was just kind of a big disaster in the spring. So in the fall, they decided that they were going to post assignments to the Google Classroom. A lot of the teachers created videos of them teaching the lesson. And so you could just do it when you wanted. They sent out a schedule, you know, for parents who were working from home and who needed to say, okay, kids, from this time to this time, while mommy or daddy is having their conference call, you need to be doing social studies or you need to be doing math and then move on to the next subject and so forth and so on. So because of that, we were very fortunate that we did not have to log in at any specific time, which meant we could make our own schedule during the day. And we really loved that because the park hours are so, um, I don't want to say so limited, but they are much more limited than I have been used to. I mean, we're used to, we sleep in, believe it or not, even with a baby, we kind of sleep in a little bit on Disney vacations. We're not up at five or six to get to the parks. So we kind of get there a couple hours after opening, but we stay late. We're, we're the late crew, so we like to do all of that. And right now, with pandemic hours, you can really only stay at most of the parks until 6 or 7. So if you have to log in, you know, from 8 to 3 for class, like, you're going to be missing park time. So we were very fortunate that... When we decided to do this, okay, we're going to either do schooling on the road, which we did a little bit of schooling on the way down to Disney, and then we did some at night when we got back, and then we did a little bit on the way home as well. So we just kind of broke it up so we weren't doing school all day long. So that leads to my next question, um, which is where did you stay? And if it was on Disney property, was the internet good enough? Because I know all of us have probably tried to upload blog posts at Disney <laughs> at Disney hotels before, mm-hmm. and uh, they do not always get up there. So even I know Google Classroom is pretty smooth, but still, when you need to upload stuff, uh, I'm not sure if the Disney Wi-Fi can cut it. So I'm curious about yeah. that. Yeah, well, we're again we're very fortunate that our teachers that we told them we were going out of town, and they said, "Cool, just have to, everything turned in by Sunday night before the next week." And so um, our kids. Some of their assignments, they were able, again, this is me being not very tech savvy, but they were doing stuff in the Google Classroom and then also on their new books because, you know, even in fourth grade, you're going to uh, electronic books and you're not actually having physical textbooks anymore, which I'm like, that is just blowing my mind (laughs) all over again that you're doing this in fourth grade. Um, But my girls were able to work on assignments and then turn them in that way. So there wasn't any necessarily uploading that they had to do until the last day when they had to like write out a few things for their reading assignments and then they had to take a picture of it with their Chromebooks and upload it. And we just did that on the way home and let them connect to our hotspots on our phones. So we didn't, we were not trying to fight the Disney Wi-Fi in terms of that. And because they didn't have to Zoom or do anything lot, you know, Google calls or anything like that. They didn't have to do anything live. We were fortunate that we did not have to test out that theory as to whether or not they'd be able to get on the Disney internet. Because yes, Joe, I have experience trying to upload stuff and it, you know, 
takes forever when everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. I hear that. Um, we stayed at Caribbean Beach. I did. I forgot to answer that part of it. We stayed at the Caribbean Beach. We had stayed there once before when they were doing renovations and updating their restaurants and their um, main building. And it was kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say it left a bad taste in our mouth because that sounds terrible, but it wasn't a great experience. And I was like, we need to give this place another try. And my kids were really excited about staying in a pirate room. And that's the only hotel that you can stay in pirate rooms on Disney property. So we were fortunate enough to get one of those rooms and we've checked that off and dad and I really don't want to stay there again because his beds are pretty small <laughs> for adults. But the kids thought it was great. The pirate rooms are the ones with two double beds. So yes, it's pretty rough. the only like the double beds left on Disney beds. property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a deal breaker for me. I'm always talking about the, the beds, but slowly but surely Disney has converted all of the ones that have pained me in the past, but mm-hmm. not the pirate rooms. So nope. Disney. Nope. Time to time to change those over too. I don't know what they'll they would do though. I mean, I've got a I haven't gotten all my stuff together for my blog post about that, but the way that they have the beds, it's really cool for kids because it feels like you know, like if you were to get a car bed when you were little or a bed shaped like the Batmobile or something, that's what they're trying to bring out in the the excitement for the kids. But because of that, like they're limited on the size of the bed because the room as it was with the extended pirate bed so to speak was small like it felt way smaller than a moderate because Caribbean Beach is a moderate and those rooms are a little bit bigger than values but not quite as big as deluxe and but it felt it felt like a value size room because the bed frame was so big I couldn't imagine them upgrading those to queen beds and then trying to fit the pirate frame back in there there would you wouldn't be able to walk you'd have to climb over the beds to go to the bathroom Yikes. Well, one and done for uh, the pirate yes. rooms then. Yep. Check. So, <laughs> so you said you had five days yes. during your vacation. So did you go to the parks all five days and which parks did you hit? Well, because we were driving down, we spent most of the day Tuesday driving and we ended up at Disney Springs for dinner, which is one of our family favorites. We went to the Polite Pig. We love, love, love that place. Good old barbecue for us Southern folk. And the rest of the days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we went to the parks. And then Sunday was our travel day home. So what do you, like, um, we want to get a kind of feel for just how it felt overall. So tell us uh, about the experience, you know, in terms of crowds in September, I assume it was still pretty hot. So Mm -hmm. what was masks like, (laughs) what, whatever, whatever comes to mind, you know, give us your impressions of what it felt like to be in the parks during this hopefully wholly unique time. Yes. uh, Yeah. I hope I don't ever have to experience anything like this again. It was interesting. I guess that's the best word because it wasn't awful, but it wasn't the best Disney trip I've ever been on either. A lot of it was sad because I think right before we left, or maybe it was right after we came back, I'm not sure when the announcement was made that they were going to have to lay off 28,000 employees, but I just remember thinking, I think it was after we came back, and I remember thinking, I'm so glad we went, even with things closed and no fireworks and social distancing and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I'm so glad we went and I'm so glad we supported one of the places that we love that's Disney related because we were spending our money and hopefully supporting the cast members there. And it just, I remember reading that article when I got back thinking, golly, Ah, but also at the same time, like I understand like people, if you're not comfortable going out and you, or you don't want to go because you don't want to wear a mask and you know, you are going to be a turd about it. (laughs) Uh, This is not the time to go because they are very strict about it. Uh, I was very glad for that because you can have mask mandates 
all over the place like we do in our state of Alabama, um, but people have to follow it and not everybody follows it. Not everybody follows it at home. Not everybody was following it at Disney, although I felt like more people were doing it at the parks than I saw at home. And the difference too was there were cast members who were empowered to go up to people and gently remind them, you know, make sure you're covering your face all the way, has to be on. Or really the biggest uh, culprit of non-mask wearing it was people walking around eating they really needed them to they wanted them to be stationary and it didn't you don't have to be at a restaurant you don't have to be at a table because we often sat on the curb or we sat on one of the benches near the flowers or shrubbery or whatever to take a break because it was so hot so so hot and so much more hot because we were wearing masks Um, so we often sat down to take a break to get a water or to have some popcorn or a pretzel or something like that and that was easy to maintain a social distance from people because it wasn't a place that you would normally eat so we felt okay to sit down there and take our masks off. The crowd level was a little bit more than what I had expected. I have a cousin that lives in Orlando and she sent me, she went the first day it opened in July because they have annual passes and she sent me pictures of I've never seen Magic Kingdom so empty in my life in the middle of the day. Uh, She sent me panoramic pictures from one side of the park to the other and it I couldn't see anybody in her pictures and I was just thought whoa I've never seen it like that before so I was kind of hoping we would get a little bit of that but I think more people have started to feel a little bit more comfortable with travel they're comfortable with the mandates that Disney has put in place for distancing and mask wearing and hand washing and temperature checks so they feel like they can go there and enjoy themselves and have fun without putting themselves at a huge risk also most of the things that we were doing were outdoors. So I think that helps a lot too. So even though it was more crowded than I was expecting, I didn't feel like I was unsafe. I feel like the only place that was a little bit too crowded for my taste was Disney Springs. When we got there, it was dinner time, And I feel like maybe meal times are just busier in general. Just kind of take that as you will, because it could be completely different by the time this podcast airs. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this last week, obviously there was a holiday weekend, a last weekend, and then this weekend it's been, it looked really crowded. You know, I saw mm-hmm. at Universal, like not even Hagrid's, it was one of the other, uh, Forbidden Journey, I think was like 140 minutes or something crazy like that. You know, what were wait times like when you were there in September and just for reference for anyone listening right now, in October, it's been closer to like 30 minutes on average, 30 to 40 minutes. But what did you experience when you were there in September? Yes. the hmm. It's so hard to say because oh, I'll just tell you what I experienced because I, I feel like I'll say something and then somebody be like, that's not how it was because – People like to paint a picture on social media of they like to call people out for not wearing masks or they like to talk about how people were standing too close. And then they also talk about people lying about wait times and all that kind of stuff. So this was my personal experience. We were at Hollywood Studios and I wanted to ride the new Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which try to say that three times fast. (laughs) I was trying to time it just right because I had heard that if you wait until after 2 p.m. when people who didn't get on Rise of the Resistance uh, leave the park, the wait time goes down. So I kept watching it, kept walking past it, and it was still like over 100 minutes. And I was like, gosh, I really don't want to wait that long. Well, finally, it dropped down to 80 minutes at like 3 o'clock. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to get in line and we're going to wait. So we start waiting and it's moving along pretty well because you know, social distancing makes it look a lot longer than it is. The line was 
kind of way out of the Chinese theater and um, onto the sidewalk and around the corner. So we were moving in kind of a snake-like pattern. And then all of a sudden, the bottom dropped out, as it does in Orlando. (laughs) Uh, It just started pouring. And so people left the line because... I mean, you're just getting dumped on. There was really nowhere for us to go because we weren't in the building yet. And this is not a line like Slinky Dog Dash or any of the other rides that are at Hollywood Studios where they those lines have been there for a while. And so they've got covers like this is a new ride and they haven't needed to have covers, I guess, out in the walkways. So we're just getting dumped on. And we were like, what do we do? And I looked at my husband and he goes, we'll just stay in line. We don't have anything. We'll just be wet. Like we don't... If we leave the park, like, we're done. How's the baby like that? Oh, no, he loved it. I need to send you guys a picture when we're done doing this podcast. He thought it was great fun. He was soaking wet, and he was splashing in the puddles, and, I mean, he thought it was hilarious. So he was in a good mood because he had just had a nap. You know, that's really key is to get baby to take a nap in the stroller while you're strolling around. And we ended up, you know, that was a, a favorite memory, I guess, for me was standing in the rain waiting on the ride but back to the whole wait time thing it said 80 minutes it started raining people left the line we still did have to wait after the rain stopped but I think we waited a grand total of 35 minutes for that ride so and I don't know if that's because it's partially because of the rain but also I don't think the wait times as long as they thought you know they're having I feel like the cast members are probably having a hard time estimating how long it actually is because things can move a lot faster even though you're social distancing because they just are moving people through as quickly as possible. Now, if you get in a line when they are having to stop to clean and sanitize the ride, it might take a little bit longer. We I think there was a 65-minute wait for Rock and Roller Coaster and my husband and daughter waited 20 minutes. So that was a huge difference. Yeah, one thing that I've been like wondering about is I wonder if when they stop to clean, they like bump up the wait time, like they add like 20 minutes, because it's a 20 minute cleaning cycle for most of these rides. So I've been wondering if they like add the 20 minutes and then once they're done cleaning, they don't like take it back down for a little while. So like there's a possibility that, you know, you get to a ride right at the end of a cleaning cycle, but the wait time looks like a lot longer than it is. So, you know, if any listeners have experienced that at all or gotten stuck by a clean time, you know, we'd love to hear your experiences because that's one thing that we haven't gotten too many data points on yet. Yeah, I think Disney has always erred on the side of posting a longer wait time. I mean, obviously there are exceptions to that, but that seems to be the the trend that I'm seeing. And, you know, yeah, everything is a little bit more variable now with cleaning and weird things with social distancing. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, especially as crowds have increased into the month of October. So, um, Sarah, you you know, you've told us this was an interesting trip. Um, <laughs> and I think that's, that's fair to, you know, talk about the pros and cons because I certainly have seen some trip reports that have been like ridiculously glowing that I'm not sure that I fully believe. I don't know if I've seen those since, I don't know if I've seen those since like August and July. Maybe, maybe that's fair. when, when When the parks were like empty, like you were seeing a lot of those, but now it's always like, there's always now it's all the hate. It's all the hate. People want to complain about it now because it's not like it was when it first opened. And I, I feel like you've got to temper your expectations at this point because the first few people that went, a lot of people were probably local annual pass holders. And so, of course, it's going to be empty. And then as people feel a little more comfortable going out and taking vacations, driving, flying, whatever, it's going to get a little more crowded. So it's it's not going to be these zero-minute wait times for things anymore. Just I just don't think it's going to be back that way. 
Yeah, that's totally fair. So given that there were some pros and some cons, was there anything that stood out to you that was you thought was a great change and that you want to see stick around post-pandemic? I am a huge fan of socially distant tables at restaurants. <laughs> I mean, even locally, I have always felt that several of the Disney restaurants, well, the Polite Pig in Disney Springs, for one, that is a very small restaurant in terms of scale as far as other restaurants are concerned. And I always, it always felt very crowded, which, you know, doesn't normally bother you in a non-pandemic situation. But in a pandemic, you're like, I really don't want to be sitting all up on the person next to me. And we also had dinner at Be Our Guest after park hours at Magic Kingdom. And we really enjoyed it. That was our first time eating dinner there. We normally eat lunch. We got to see the beast. He was able to walk around and wave. He would not stop and take pictures. You could kind of stand, like as he was walking, through the dining room he walked slowly because I'm I'm sure he was told that people would be taking pictures so he walked slowly and people would stand at their tables and take like a selfie with him in the background (laughs) but I enjoyed that because I do remember eating lunch in there and feeling I guess to be fair we've eaten lunch twice in the west wing room which is the room where the rose petal is and we've eaten once in the ballroom area which is kind of the main area that you walk into so the ballroom area has always felt a little more spacious and the other two the library and the west wing areas have always felt more crowded well this time we were in the ballroom and I felt like I actually could have danced a ballroom dance in there because they had such good spacing. You should have done it, Sarah. I should have. I should have. No, because I would have ended up on somebody's YouTube channel or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or I would have embarrassed my kids and, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst I got to be cool, mom. I can't be embarrassing, mom. (laughs) Yeah, you got like two more years. (laughs) Yeah, you have to count on the fact that like a quarter of the people in the parks right now are bloggers and vloggers. Uh So you don't want to be on. So there are so many like pandemic specific things right now. We thought it would be fun to ask you out of the things that feel like they're pandemic specific, like it's like an experience that you can only have during these wild times. Do you have any that stand out positively and any that stand out negatively? Well, I am a big fan of the no fast pass system. I've always thought, well, I won't say always, when fast pass was first introduced with magic bands back in uh, 2013. I think 2012 2013 everybody was really excited about it Ooh, cool look at these magic bands and this is a cool way to do your fast passes blah 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 well it just got I don't know what happened to it but it got wrecked over the last few years and then last summer going to Disneyland and experiencing max pass and the quote-unquote old way of doing fast passes with paper it just is so much better I don't remember waiting hardly any at Disneyland. And I went now, uh, to be fair, when we went, we didn't realize that we went the week after 4th of July. And so we thought for sure it would be busy. But then we got there and we realized that a lot of annual pass holders had been blocked out of that week. And so I guess we got lucky that also the crowds were low. (laughs) So maybe I'm maybe I'm not judging it fairly. But I just felt like Max Pass and the way that the old school Fast Passes were such a good experience. And it just felt like Fast Pass Plus at Disney World, it just, I never felt like it 
actually did anything. I'm like, I just waited just as long in the fast pass line as I did, I would have in the standby. So even though the wait times look scary on the app or on the marquee when you pass it, even though the lines look ridiculous because of social distancing, and you know, a lot of the queue lines are like way out into the walkway and stuff. It's not as bad as you think. And it moves very quickly, even with, you know, if they're not filling every row, which most rides weren't, but occasionally if they were able to put barriers between the ride vehicles, you were able to, you know, fill it up for the most part. Yeah, like Kilimanjaro Safaris. Yes, they filled up ours. Plexiglass, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, they filled up our safari cart because every row had a plexiglass partition between it. So, and everybody was, you had to keep your mask on. I think at the beginning when they first opened, they told people they didn't have to, but then they kind of. Yeah. yeah, they like went back on that real quick and they're like, nope, we're just across the board. Keep your mask on, <laughs> which I think was good. I think if you give people any sort of wiggle room to do something other than what the rule states, they're going to take advantage of it. So that was good on Disney's part to just be like, nope, we're going to nip that in the bud. <laughs> yeah, we're all parents. We know how yeah. that works. What about um, negative experiences? Like what's something that like you're, you're like, once this pandemic is over, yes. out of the million things that we want to see gone when this oh. pandemic's over, what Disney-wise do you want to see gone? Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to the day for sure when masks can be gone. <sighs> I don't know when that will be, but um, mask wearing is not my favorite. But even past that, because I feel like that's not something specific to the theme parks. I really, 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 really miss all of the extras at Walt Disney World. Parades, fireworks, extra magic hours, you know, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, tours. I miss all of that. Like, we've been going for so many years now. Yes, of course, we love to ride all the classic rides, but we've really started to, as a family, especially, like, my girls are real excited to be old enough to take the Marceline to the Magic Kingdom tour that's, like, the the behind-the-scenes at uh, Magic Kingdom, but I'm like, you have to be 12. And they're like, oh, why? And I'm like, you're so close. Don't, don't rush it. And also, you know, now you, you can't do that tour at the moment. So by the time they're 12, hopefully, good Lord, hopefully it won't last that long, but yes, we're please, really, please. yes, please. We're really into all of the extra things you can do because once you start going to somewhere, I mean, Leslie, you can probably speak to this as a AP for Disneyland. Once you go and do all the quote unquote normal stuff or base basic stuff. You really want to do the extras that are special. You want to get a reservation at that restaurant you haven't been to. You want to go to the Halloween party or the Christmas party or take that tour. And I really miss that. And I really miss the fireworks. Like when it's time to leave the park, it was just kind of like, womp, womp, see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's, you know, we used to say things were better at Disney in the, you know, old timey simpler days where there weren't all these special ticketed events and, you know, finding more ways for us to part with our money. But you know what? We, we want to have our money parted from us apparently because the, yeah, I mean, we want to have those special unique experiences, you know, as frequent visitors. And so I'm totally, totally with you, Sarah. So we'll see what happens when eventually Disneyland opens and, you know, how much they're going to have to get rid of there. But I think that'll be 2022 at this point. So (laughs) please know. No, please don't. No. All right. Well, uh, it's good to get just a taste of your trip. I'd love to keep talking more and more about all the details, and I probably will ping you offline. But uh, we usually close out the show, Sarah, with a Disney do or don't. Do you have something for us tonight? Okay. Well, I have a specific one related to the pandemic. And like I was talking about, I really hope masks go away sometime in the next year. That'd be great. But if they don't, if we've if we're in this for the long haul with the masks, 
I want to leave this tip with everybody, and then I've got one that'll just be kind of an evergreen tip. Multiple masks, even on the same day. You don't want to wear the same mask all day long. It'll irritate your face, and also, even in like probably December and January, it's going to be hot and sweaty at some point. Even if, you know, one day is cold, the next day is hot, because Florida is weird like that. So make sure you have lots of different masks for you and your kids, especially if they're old enough that they have to wear one to try on, because that is, that's a lot. That's a that's a change that I will be glad to see go bye-bye when (laughs) we get past this pandemic situation. Um, But my other one is, and this is kind of a weird random one. I don't know if if this is going to relate to every single person that listens to your podcast, but I feel like maybe most people that listen are parents. Do not get your stroller from Disney. Bring your own if you want, but if if that's too if you're flying or driving, you don't have room. Rent from an outside company, and I won't name names since no one is sponsoring this portion of your podcast. But do some research. Leslie has a great Facebook group, and even though it's called Disneyland with Kids, you can still get some Disney World tips in there. And there's lots of different information about stroller people that they uh, support, I guess. So I won't name names, but outside stroller rentals, 100 percent, because those Disney strollers are terrible. (laughs) And they don't really have anywhere to store your stuff. And if nothing else, a stroller is a great place to store your stuff during the day. Yeah, I totally agree. Joe, you can name a name because I know you've had good success uh, renting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Great tip, first of all. And we will shout out a former sponsor of this podcast, Orlando Stroller Rentals. I feel so bad. Like they sponsored us like maybe... You know, our sponsorship ended maybe like two weeks before the pandemic started. So please, please, I I really love them over at Orlando Stroller Rentals. And even though they no longer sponsor the podcast, I feel for them and all the businesses, the ancillary businesses around Disney that I know are struggling right now. So uh, Orlando Stroller Rentals is great. You can pick up the stroller at the airport, which is super convenient on the same side as Magical Express. So, you know, throw some business their way if you get the chance. Well, that's even better because the companies I've rented from, you have you get them, they drop them off at your resort, but you still have to go down to the front desk and get them. So that's an awesome tip for me next time. Hey, Orlando Strollers, I might rent from you guys since you are at the airport. That's cool. Yeah, it's really, it's really, uh, it was annoying when Disney made it so that like they won't hold the strollers for you anymore, but at least mm-hmm. uh, Orlando Stroller Rentals and a couple of the other rental companies um, you can pick up at the airport, but Orlando Stroller Rentals is on the same Magical Express side. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Sharing, uh, your experience, you know, it's just great hearing what it was like. I know we did this at the beginning, but just in case, you know, again, where can people contact you? Where can people find you? Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It was really fun to flesh all this out because um, I need to write a blog post about it. So yay, <laughs> I've gotten my thoughts together. Um, you can find my blog at sarahinthesuburbs.com. I'm Sarah with an H. Sarah in the Suburbs on just about every social media except for Twitter. I'm Sarah Gilliland on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, if you have some experiences, let us know. Like Even more so than normal, everyone is having very unique experiences in the park. So we are all ears. We love to hear what's going on for all of you. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you again, Sarah, for coming on. And thank you, Leslie, for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you at the Plight Pig because I've never been there. I don't think you have been there either, Leslie. Thanks, Joe. been there. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.